Are you counting down, or sh should I start? Uh, One. Oh, I <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm so excited today. I have one of my good friends, Taylor Kinsey on the podcast. She is a wedding and lifestyle photographer based in Orange County. And we've been friends for a long time now. Yeah. That's how, crazy. <laughs> how long has it been? I met you in probably a decade. Yeah. Like nine nine well, I've been a photographer for nine years in March. So a so decade. It's been a decade. When you yeah. were like in your mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And I was just a little baby. <laughs> You've changed a lot since then. I have, yeah. What do you think Thank has God. changed the most <laughs> since then? <laughs> mm, like everything. Um, like it, with how you show up in the world. Um, I don't. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Yeah. Okay. I I feel like it's off brand to to not <laughs> have cussing on your show. Um, I I feel like I don't really give a shit as much like what people think, and I just kind of uh, do what I need to do and. Yeah. I have noticed that with you too. I, I think a lot of women in general, well, with you specifically, I think when I first met you, you were a little more timid. Yeah. And now I can see that you care less and you're not, uh, you're more self-expressed. Yeah. I'm just not afraid to show up as myself, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. Which is like very freeing, you know, when oh. you, when you have the, the self-love and the, um, you just know yourself so well that if somebody doesn't like you, then that's fine. You guys go on with your life. I'll go on with mine. But if you attract somebody being yourself, then that's, you know, all you could ask for. Just really defining your filter in life, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking recently about, I used to be so, like, judgy. Well, also curious, like, you know, I was like, when do people hit a point where, like, for example, guys... When you just start to wear like dad shoes, you know, like you just like give up, like you don't care. And then mm. I would be like, God, like when does that happen? But I realized that it's actually really liberating to not care what people think and be comfortable. I'm like, good for them for wearing. Yeah. What well, this morning when Paul was going out to walk the dogs, he was, he's going to be so mad I'm saying this, but he was wearing like a random hat and like a puffy jacket, board shorts and Uggs. And he was like, no, I can't go out like this. And I was like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, just go out no, however seriously. you're comfortable. And I mean, sometimes, like, the way you present yourself to the world, of course, is important. But for the most part, like, I just care about comfort nowadays, especially, you know, post-COVID. And Paul, your partner, is a dad. Does he have, what are those dad shoes called? It's Nike, right? New Balance. Oh, New Balance. Mm -hmm. New Balances. Does he own those? He doesn't have New Balances. Um, he has Asics because my, my brother, Represent, works for Asics. So, um, you know, they, we have to represent in the family. But he also has this pair of Nikes. I feel like those are his dad's shoes. He has this pair of Nikes that are, like, bright purple and, like, shiny. And they look like space shoes. And um, <laughs> when he wears them out in public... I mean, he's like, they're so comfortable. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I can't be seen with you wearing those. <laughs> there, there's a few items in my husband Pete's closet where I'm like, can you just, you, just, I, don't, I just don't be, want to be around you. You can wear it. I don't want to tell you what to do. I just don't want to, just don't just do it. Just walk like 10 feet behind me. 
I well, I, I my, I'm like my eyeballs don't want to see them on you. <laughs> so just if I'm out of town, go ahead. I just don't. Want, it's like an attack on my eyeballs. That's your out of town outfit. <laughs> okay, so let's take it back. This podcast is about dating and relationships. So mm-hmm. let, let's talk about dating and relationships. Okay, let's. When you were dating, like in your twenties, did you have patterns? Oh, yeah. So when I was dating in my 20s, I went after the fixers or the fixer uppers, the ones that had potential, which, you know, it's such a funny thing to think when you're entering into a relationship that your love can fix them or. (coughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I'm I'm still very even though those relationships ended and crashed and burned and whatever. um, I'm very grateful that I went through those relationships because. It helped me to create a better idea of what my filters are for entering into my current relationship now, which was I, I really learned how to kind of pick people and push people out of the um, the dating pool or my, my possible partners um, because of what I don't want. Like those relationships helped me to learn what I do not want to seek in my future relationships and they helped me to grow and everything's a learning lesson, so... Definitely an answer to your question. I went after the fixer-uppers. Okay, so what were some of your don'ts before you met Paul? Some of my don'ts before I met Paul. Um, I, I think before I met Paul, I was, I was actually single for about three years, like very single before I met Paul, because I didn't want to um, settle for anybody that was less than exactly what I was looking for. And... Um, you know, I had a lot of friends tell me I had unrealistic expectations for my partner, but I didn't listen, and I just kept holding out for that person. So I would say I, I had to love the person or be okay with the person exactly how they were in that moment, and I couldn't enter into the relationship with a mindset of, okay, I like him, but maybe we can work on this, or maybe we can work on, you know, improving that. I I liked everything about Paul, even the things that were not perfect. None of us are perfect. I was I was like, okay, that thing I can live with that in my relationship and that's okay. Not that anything's he's totally a perfect man. You know, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> he's just kidding. He's not. <laughs> but yeah, I think just really accepting your partner 100% exactly as they are now and loving them for that person. Yeah, absolutely. So, can you turn down the volume on my headset a little bit? It's a little loud. It's piercing. Like you can hear yourself. I, it's just really. Yeah, loud. maybe a little on mine too, if you don't mind. Yeah. You should be able to hear yourself, but I just yeah. it's, it's really oh. loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's better. better. Okay, thank you. Uh, when you met Paul, what were your favorite qualities about him? He made me laugh. I think that's just. The other thing, too, is that um, the beginning of our relationship was very much like we just jumped right in. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah. You, you, like, went on a trip to Yosemite with a platonic photographer <laughs> who you knew <laughs> knew within the community. Well, we didn't – we both knew it wasn't platonic, but um, – we so we had been following each other on Facebook for several years, and when I say each other, I mean more so. I was friends with him on Facebook and kind of like lurking from the sidelines because I thought he was really cute. Um, but nothing ever really happened, and we never really talked until right before we started dating. And then when we did finally start talking, it just felt like 
the timing was also beautifully um, synchronistic. Is that a word? I had just gotten back from a trip to Thailand with you. And then right before that, a trip to Montana. So I had been doing all this beautiful traveling. And then I got back and him and I started talking just like nonstop. And I, and I just had this very strong inner voice saying like, this is something that you need to take seriously. So we actually were texting just nonstop, like that beautiful, like witty back and forth where, you know, people just get each other um, till like three in the morning. And then he asked me out on a date that following weekend and I couldn't go because I had to uh, photograph an engagement session in Yosemite. And I and I told him that and he said, well, I could come with you and protect you from bears. And very smooth, right? Um, and then I went dead silent for like an hour while I was like calling you and like calling all my friends. And I was like, is this insane? Like, I don't, I don't know if I should do this. But then I was like, no, I'm going to say yes and just see where it takes me. I know this isn't a crazy person because we have a bunch of mutual friends. If it's great, then that's amazing. And then I've had a really wonderful experience and I've been open to possibilities of wonderful things. If it's horrible, then it'll be like a funny story that I, I tell later. So luckily, the, I mean, the first time I ever spoke to him or heard his voice was when he showed up to my car, like at my house. And he's like, and I, I, he turns around the corner after parking and he goes, boo. And that was like the first thing he ever said to me. And then I was like, hi, nice to meet you. Get in the car now. And then we're like strangers in this car for four hours driving to Yosemite together. Um, and it, it just ended up being so wonderful. And um, we laughed and got to know each other. And it was just really beautiful. And then we were together from that point on. It just was kind of one of those things where we both just knew. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I think I had to be open to the possibility of a love like that. But I also think that I knew exactly what I wanted. And I loved myself going into that relationship very much. I even said to Paul at one point, I'm going to wait for you to figure out how awesome I am because not in a smug or arrogant way, but just in like a, I really love myself and I really have strong boundaries and, um, yeah. So when you love yourself, you only attract people that love you the way you love yourself. I think. When did you say that to Paul? Um, in the car on the way to Yosemite, like okay. very early on. Okay. <laughs> wait, like randomly? <laughs> like, what I don't remember it? what we were talking about. I don't remember. I just remember I said that and he was very like taken aback by it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see a psychic before you met him? Yeah, I did. Um, her timing was a little bit off and I don't think she was a psychic. She was like an intuitive reader. I don't know. what. I don't know what the difference is, honestly. But um, yeah, so a year before that, I did see somebody, the same person, it wasn't the same person you saw, it was the same, um, like, building where they have several. <laughs> There's a whole building full of them. whole building. <laughs> it's like a psychic bookshop or something, and they have readers. Oh, yeah. But I went to her, and uh, she said, you're going to meet the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life next, at the beginning of next year. And then she said, do you have... Um, do you want children? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And she said, okay, great. Because you're going to have a son with this person very quickly. And I was like, okay, awesome. Like all my dreams are going <laughs> to come true. Um, and then, you know, January rolled around and I'm like, where is he? 
he's he's just around the corner, you know. <laughs> and I I was very excited going into the next year. And then February came and nothing in March. And I'm starting to look at all these guys like, oh, this is the next one. This is this is my soulmate. And nothing happened. And then I kind of forgot about it, um, honestly. And then September rolled around. And then um, I th I think I started talking to Paul in the beginning of October. And then, you know, all of the excitement of the beginning of our dating. And then on one of our dates, we were actually walking to a bar or something to go play pool. And we walked by that bookstore. And I was like, oh, my God. And I had, like, I remembered. So Paul has a son. And I was like, holy shit. Like, Paul's son is the son that we were going to have together very quickly. And, and everything that she had said about him as my partner was completely accurate. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely believe in those things. And I really think that – I know it's kind of cheesy, but I really think that we were fated to be together. Yeah, I like going to see intuitive readers just for – I mean, you always take it with a grain of salt, I think. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I don't think it's good to literally – listen to a like, random don't base person. major financial decisions <laughs> on that right yeah. right but sometimes when you need clarity all they're doing is well if it's a good one they just they pick up from you you mm -hmm. know so they're just giving you clarity based on that yeah but yeah I think there's a lot of factors outside of that too with you know like timing being off and stuff because you also have free will they could tell you something and you can go decide to do something else for too, sure right yeah um, but I think that's really cool, and I'm so happy that you have a son. I do. It's like the the biggest uh, unexpected gift to come along with finding love is having somebody else to love, too. And I'm just really grateful that he's also in my life. How did you ease into becoming a stepmom? I have dated a guy who had a son. I think similar age, I think, like tweens, you know, mm -hmm. and I was younger then. So I had, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I think I was way too immature to handle something like that. So I'm curious, like, how did you ease into that role? You know, at first, you really have to respect boundaries. Um, I'm not his biological mother. And also, you have to kind of leave it. I, I try to leave things up to Paul as far as how he wants to discipline him and and those kinds of things. But luckily, Paul has been really gracious in allowing me to also be part of raising him and making the um, decisions with him as far as, you know, things that he should be doing with schooling and when he's supposed to be doing his homework and does that look appropriate to where to school, those kinds of things. But as far as easing into it, it's it's so strange because it really did be it came very naturally to me to to love him because we're actually very similar human beings luckily and we get along really really well. So at the first time I ever met Xander, his name is Xander. The first time I ever met him was on Halloween 4 years ago and he came around the corner after Paul was picking him up from school and I happened to be at the house and um my dog Grace barked at him and he goes, "Oh, hi." And then he like walked to his room. And I loved him from that moment. Like it was just, it was just one of those things where I knew my life was going to change that in that moment. And um, yeah, like I just adore him. And it, was, it wasn't a hard thing to ease into at all. Have you ever felt uncomfortable with, um, because Paul, they split, uh, is it split custody? Like he has him yeah, like half the week. Yeah, we have him half the week, yeah. Did you ever feel at all that, you know, like you weren't a priority or something because Paul has to obviously tend to being a dad and stuff. Did you ever, did any of those feelings ever come up for you? 
Um, to be honest with you, I don't want to be the priority. I want Paul's son to always be Paul's first priority. Because when we have a child together, a biological child with him and I, I want our child to be the priority. I mean, granted, you kind of need to put your marriage first a lot of the time, of course. But I don't, I don't ever want to be that woman that's like, it's me or your, or your child. You know what I mean? No, he never makes me feel that way. Um, he's the priority for both of us, to be honest with you. So, yeah. No, I would say no. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. That sounds really healthy and like it should be like it's a you're a team yes exactly and you want the best for yeah. your kids which is I yeah think a, it makes me so to sad to see like family dynamics with like a step parent where that parent is threatened by their partner's child or like yeah. doesn't want to include them in things or it's it's so kind of yucky yeah, yeah I don't I mean I think a big part of it is also how it's not between the kid and then the partner it's the the parent like that's responsible for the communication and setting up like kind of like this is how it is like setting up that mutual respect and I feel when there isn't that mm-hmm. I mean just say you were feeling like off about something which obviously he showed up in a way that's made you feel in- extremely important safe and inc- you know all that stuff mm-hmm. which is good but just say if anything ever did come up and if he didn't he didn't address it and then it was up to like you and the kid to address it that's when I think things get get weird yeah yeah and we've definitely had dynamics where um like some things needed to be addressed or um Xander and I might have had a disagreement about something and like he kind of had to be the the middle person but it it's it's always he does such a great job of of always kind of keeping both sides in balance and and respecting both sides and yeah he does a great job. Okay, so can we talk about your work? Because both of you are photographers yeah. in the same industry. Mm-hmm. Do you like having the same job? <laughs> I actually do. Um, that was – so I made – you were there with me when I made my soulmate list. Um, it was very long. It was several pages. And one of the things on my list that I did that I put was I wanted them to also be a photographer because I had this – and that was like – I knew it was maybe a little unrealistic, but it turns out it's not. <laughs> um, because I had this dream of traveling with my partner and my and my soulmate doing what I love and us doing what we love together. And um, photography and my business are such a big part of my life. It's It's almost too big of a part of my life, to be honest with you. But I just love being able to share that. Like, we just talk about our businesses all the time and he sits right next to me in in our office and he might have some other things to say about sharing an office with me because I'm kind of a talker and he likes some silence when we're working. So he, I, he, I know not to talk to him when he has his headphones on. That's that's the sign. (laughs) That's the sign for like, leave me alone. I'm trying to focus. And I'm like, bam, bam, bam. Like, hey, I like I have this thought and I need to share it with you right now, which is probably kind of annoying. But um, I think I think it in the end works out really beautifully. And he's such a we're we're kind of a support system for each other. Your businesses are separate. It's Taylor Kinsey Photography Mm -hmm. and Paul Von Reeder. Yeah. Photography. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce the last name? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, you got it. Okay. A lot of people say Paul Von Ryder. I, I almost yeah. said that. Yeah. Um, have you talked about, because a lot of partners, they, or married couples, they'll work together. Have you talked about combining forces? Yeah. We've talked about that a lot, actually. And 
right now it just doesn't like we shoot together all the time um like if I have a wedding he'll and he's available he'll second shoot for me and which means like he's my assistant the day that day or if he has a wedding and I'm available then I'll assist for him which is working out great and from a financial standpoint I think it doesn't really make sense for us to take two streams of income and combine it into one um, unless we were to like really raise our prices which is possible but the thing that we both can't let go of is that our businesses separately are kind of our babies. I've put my heart and my soul and everything into my business and my name is on it and I'm so proud of it. And um, I think when the timing feels right, that's a possibility and I'm open to it. But right now it just doesn't feel, I'm still so connected to my, my own business and it just doesn't feel quite right. But that doesn't mean it won't eventually. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I would have a tough time with that too. Yeah. Your self-identity and your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just has to make sense also from a financial standpoint as well. Yeah. Well, you guys, you're not legally married yet. No, not right? yet. Right. I mean, I basically, I mean, you guys are We're like, you're married. Like, I, yeah, I, exactly. You are. It's just yeah. the legal paperwork and the party hasn't happened yet. There's been no paperwork and no party, but he did put a ring on it. And I mean, honestly, when we've talked about this so many times, I've, I'm like, babe, like, would it feel different if we like did the wedding and and had the the marriage certificate? And he's like, literally nothing would change it's except the way we have we'll have a party and it, a signed piece of paper. But. It is literally that it's yeah. a ring and yeah, you eat some food. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I I, mean, it's so funny to talk about a wedding in that way, being a wedding photographer myself, but I really am looking forward to like having that celebration with my family and all of our friends. And Yes, um, that's what weddings is, is celebrating. Yeah. I always remind people that when they get uh, start getting stressed about, I'm, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it should be a celebration. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think people with weddings have this mentality that they have to please everyone else. Oh, or yeah. like there are certain expectations or things you have to do like, oh, I have to do a bouquet toss now or I have to whatever. You don't have to do anything on your wedding day except for what feels right for you and what feels like in the flow of how you've envisioned your wedding day to be. Like there's no rule to having a wedding at all. Absolutely. And you guys' wedding's going to be so beautiful. I mean, you know that, right? Oh, my gosh. Both of you have such good taste. And also, do you know... you? I always wonder if good-looking couples know they're, like, a good-looking couple. Or you're just kind of, like... <laughs> Talk to me about that when I'm on the couch with, like, my hair up in a bun and, like, my glasses on and I'm, like, double chinning it while you're like laptop. <laughs> the magazine couple. It's going to... Oh, their wedding nice. going to be in Montana. It'll be so... Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, oh. that's what our plan is so okay. far. Um, it's so funny because I actually am kind of... Uh, I feel like I'm kind of a more laid back person, maybe as far as planning our wedding, like I just want beautiful photos and I want to wear a beautiful dress and I want all of our friends and family to be there. But Paul's going to be like, no, that's the wrong tone of blue. Like these florals don't look right. And like he's, he's very particular and that's what I love about him. Like he gets it done the way he wants it done, but he's going to be like Groomzilla for sure. Well, at least he has good taste. He does. Yeah. And I'm just going to be like, those look like nice cups, you know. <laughs> you can drink out of them. It's fine. Yeah. That's awesome. So with your wedding, we had talked about this before, that the wedding isn't a priority for you, that you would rather conceive and have a baby first. Mm -hmm. 
Good for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, in an ideal, perfect world, um, I think having the baby after we're married would be wonderful, but I'm going to be 36 years old in a week. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where, unfortunately, biology is not on my side at this time. So, And it takes time to plan a wedding, you know? Yeah. So by the time we have our wedding, I'm like almost 38, 40, and, and those eggs be drying <laughs> up, you know? <laughs> So I, I'm just, I'm really excited to try to start our family and, um, and hopefully that will happen before a wedding, but you know, we're kind of trying to do a little bit of both right now. So we'll see. Good for you. Well, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm so freaking vain. Like after Pete proposed, I was like, we should just have the, the wedding ASAP because you know, my eyes are starting to sink in and stuff. I'd rather, I want to, <laughs> I want to look youthful as possible. Right. So we got, we got married pretty fast. And it's so funny because my sister, she's actually getting married next month. You know, they never got married. I didn't know that. Yeah. So my sister, they, they have two kids. Yeah. You know, the kids are already, what, like five and seven. And mm -hmm. then I always asked her, like, you know, do you guys want to have a wedding? And she's like, you know, your priority becomes the kids. So she's like, you know, that money, normally I just think of the kids first and maybe. But <laughs> when I said that one thing to her, why I decided just to like get married like sooner than later, she's like oh my God, you're right. Winston's starting to lose his hair. And she, I swear to God, she booked like, she's like it's going to be on New Year's Eve in San Francisco. My groom will not be bald. <laughs> but it was just something to consider. I don't know if it was like, if it's kind of important to you, but. Well, it's, it's, it is really interesting because you, life gets so busy and, and you lose track of time and you, like a wedding, especially with how much planning and money goes into it, yeah. you can really be like, I'll, I'll just put that off and, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later, but we have lots of other things to pay for or whatever. Yeah. And if you don't make it a priority to, to do it, then it's never going to get done. So, yep, it's true. It's true. It's fun. But your wedding was perfect and beautiful, and it was such a perfect representation of you guys, and oh, I loved your wedding. Thanks. Yeah, P and I, I think we're both, uh, <laughs> I mean, to what you said about, like, you know, a lot of people, they care, like, wanting to please others and stuff. I think P and I both are pretty good at not caring <laughs> to please others, so we really did it our way, mm -hmm. like, simple in L.A., and then to make things easier, we let our parents throw their own parties for us. His mom in New Jersey, you know, knock yourself out. Yeah. You know, not, do you do what are you want? Just let us know the date and we'll be there. And, you know, some people asked how it was. I'm like, imagine a suburban New Jersey mom planning a wedding. It looked exactly like that. Is that the, like the golf, like the country club? Like, yeah. And then my dad, um, my dad's was um, like the Chinese wedding. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Uh, we're like, knock yourself out. I don't know 200 of these people, but just, <laughs> yeah, it's for you. Like, knock, And they're so happy. They were yeah. so happy. I think that's beautiful too, though. I mean, because as a parent, you can't wait to till the day that your child gets married and you get to celebrate that. And it's kind of like a celebration of being a parent and like, you did it. Like your child has met their match and they're you know. lovable. <laughs> Someone My child loves is them. loved. <laughs> it is. I mean, working weddings for so many years, uh, for those who don't know, I worked in the wedding industry as well for 15 years. I mean, you see the, like the parents, it is so mm -hmm. important to them yeah. on that day. And if they're happy that day, everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun parents. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, can we talk about um, what, what do you want to talk about? I'm not <laughs> Let's talking about how good your eyelashes look. Do they? Is they're not flapping? Because I feel like one of them's flapping. No, they look. Not I can't stop staring at them. I, they look so good. I've been wearing them more, so now when I don't have them on, it it feels bald. Hmm. Do you find that your eyelashes like? When after you wear the fake ones, like the, your real ones come out, like they fall out and get thin? Not with the strip lashes. Oh, okay. But if, have you gotten, um, what, it, lash extensions before? Yeah. Those, and those will pull. Those like demolished out. my real eyelashes. <laughs> like literally like bald. Yeah. After. I had like nothing after that. But um, yeah, I just wore those little individual ones and they, my real lashes started to come out afterwards. Oh, because of the glue is yeah. like you put it on the hair. This one's more like above. Like the glues okay. above your hair. I'll have to start doing that. And I think the the strip ones in pictures and on video looks better because you get that like fake eyeliner. I used to look. be such a pro at doing the fake lashes because for dance competitions back in the day, I would just be like, boop. And I was, I could just put it on no problem. And now it's like, I'm like making weird faces in the mirror. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man um it's not pretty or glamorous now but you know you still have to try <laughs> <laughs> i need to keep my listeners in mind okay so if someone is looking for um you know if they're independent they have a strong self-identity outside of being in a romantic relationship mm -hmm. what piece of advice would you give them or maybe a few nuggets of advice if they'd like to create the relationship of their dreams uh, don't lose yourself in your love. Um, I think that's another thing going back to the kind of relationships I was in in my 20s. I did have a tendency to just pour all of myself into my partner and into my relationship. And, um, you know, I had my own career goals and everything. But and it wasn't as though I was pouring myself into them with the expectation that they were going to take care of me because I've always been quite independent in and never really expected those things for my partner. But I think I had just such a strong sense of personal identity. And I was really established in my own career when I met Paul. That um, I feel like we are two separate strong people. That have come together to be like a super strong couple. Not one, one being, if that makes sense. So just you know, still maintain your goals, maintain your friendships with your girls or guys, if you have guy friends and, and keep going on trips for yourself. If you like to travel alone, do things for yourself. It don't just don't lose yourself and make your partner in your relationship all of who you are. Yeah. I don't think that's healthy. I, I think it's sweet sometimes that someone's like that devoted, you know? Yeah. But, but I think, um, when I see it's unhealthy is when, I mean, it's happened to me a lot with my female friends. Sometimes it's the only time they, you know, hang out with their friends or try to call is when their partner leaves town and they like don't know what to do now. Mm -hmm. And actually from the friend's point of view, I don't like that because I'm like, it doesn't feel good on the other end, you know, like I do feel like you should, the, the friendships you do want to keep, you should continue to nurture it. Mm -hmm. You know, of course your partner does. Once you get in a partnership, it takes up space, obviously, emotional space, you know, so you might have less time, priorities change. But at the same time, if you completely do not nurture things like friendships and only call when you ha when it's good for you. Yeah, that it feels like you're the last resort 
when somebody's calling you and like, hey, so my partner's out of town. I'm free. Like, what are you doing? And you're like, no, screw that. Like, yeah. I want to be your priority too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just think uh, it's good to have, you know, a healthy balance. And also there's a lot of joy in female friendships too. I feel like. For sure. I mean, after um, when things were getting better after the vaccine came out and we could kind of all start mingling with each other again I remember driving home from visiting with like a group of my girlfriends and I just felt so lit up in a way it's not you know that my partner doesn't light me up too it's just a different different way of um you know making your heart feel full because you have that camaraderie with your girlfriends you can laugh and you can have girl talk and it's just as as a feminine person who has this need to communicate you you can't Paul's very good at listening but he can't always like he's not a girlfriend like he can't <laughs> fill that role for me um so it's just like it's really good to have that girl time for sure can I forgot to ask when you were dating fixers what what was the reason that you would choose people who needed fixing oh probably lack of confidence, being kind of insecure and maybe not aware that I deserved better than that or that I could get better than that. Or maybe I didn't realize that they were fixers. I didn't, I, I ignored the red flags because they were cute or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would probably say like just a general lack of not being aware that I deserve better than that. Was there a part of you that liked nurturing people and like feeling loved in that way? Ooh, a little light bulb moment. Yeah, I think I think so. Like maybe I I got my value as a as a person in the relationship from being the person to fix them. Um, that's definitely possible. Yeah, because fixers is pretty specific. Like I I had a phase where I did that too, and mm -hmm. then I also had a phase where I would choose emotionally unavailable people as well but that's mm -hmm. like also another way of not knowing that I deserved better as well but the fixers I feel like is pretty specific so that's why I asked that, yeah maybe yeah well I mean I think too like once I got into my early 30s and I had those other relationships that didn't go well I think I just learned like I still kind of started dating people that were like meh but and they seemed bright and shiny in in the beginning, and then after a few dates, I I think I got better at cutting it off early, mm. if that makes sense, and not trying to like make it into a relationship. Yeah, because I would see it earlier, like this person does that exact thing that my last relationship did, and I don't want that again. So I'm gonna say see ya, and like maybe we're not a good match for each other, yeah. or you just you just don't agree to go on a first date with somebody that doesn't make you feel comfortable or at ease like if you feel like really nervous going into a date that's probably not a great sign because you can't be yourself yeah you know? yeah um what did you do did you do anything specifically to build more confidence in that area where you felt more confident like like no this is a no and not feel like you're losing out on something maybe I think being single for so many years before Paul BP <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think really helped me to know if I never met my soulmate, if I never found a partner in this life, I'd be okay. Like knowing that you're going to be okay as an individual person and that you don't need somebody to complete you or to be in your life because your life is so full as an 
individual person, I think is, is, what was the question in the beginning? Um, <laughs> wait, I, I went Coffee, please. Too. Wait, what did I ask you? I said, I what, well, what changed? Like, oh, oh how did you build your confidence? Yeah, yeah how yeah, did yeah. I build my confidence? Um, yeah, so I traveled a ton. I was killing it in my business and feeling super good about myself because I just felt so, so filled up by my, my business and just like, I just love what I do and I'm so passionate about that. I know it sounds so corny and like played out, but like just learning how to love myself and not needing another person. Because when you enter into dating without needing someone else, you're not giving off like those desperation vibes. You know, yeah, those are not good vibes. I've done it before. I've like gone on dates feeling like nervous, desperate, and I can. It's like repulsive. Like I'm not saying that to like bash myself, but I've you know when it's been done to me too. When someone gives me that energy, I'm like, mm, I don't, yeah, you know. Yeah. It, in general, I've actually never met one person that's like, oh, I like that. I love that needy, desperate girl. <laughs> 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 Can't wait to take her out to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So I think you're in a good place. This was a great catch-up. Yeah, I know. I, I I think maybe next time I see you, I'll have to be on your podcast again. And This is how I catch up with my friends now. <laughs> on my yeah, I haven't seen you since um, we were beating the ground with golf clubs. Oh, yes, Paul yeah. was teaching me how to golf. Mm-hmm. I'm so... Very skilled. <laughs> he was just trying to help me. And I'm like, I don't need you to help me. Yeah, an independent woman. I'm an yeah. independent woman. I'm so bossy now, too. And I ended up on my first swing. I, like, whacked the ground, like, really hard. <laughs> I mean, going back to that, though, you might as well have turned turned around and been like, <laughs> like, I don't need your help. <laughs> I think I, like, I shoved them out of the way with the club. I was like, back up. <laughs> you, Give me space. you, like, poked them with it. <laughs> I hit the ground with my swing, which, for me, like... Not being coordinated to me is, like, not sexy at all. I'm, like, big on coordination. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you have a dance background, too, right? Like, I find that in general sexy. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm losing my coordination. What if, what if Pete did that when he golfed? Would you be, like, mm, not attractive? Or would you be, like, that's cute? I Well, I would think it's cute because it's, like, Cause well, it's nobody, he, yeah, he's yeah. not. No one can be perfect and smooth at everything. So, no, I wouldn't be, like, ugh. I was like, oh, oh, like we need to work on that. <laughs> yeah. But there was there was a time, maybe when I was younger, if someone maybe did that, that I'd be like, we can't go out judging. Again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not coordinated. Yeah, coordinated soulmate list <laughs> number three. <laughs> that was a preference of mine, but not a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. But there's something. My sister has that too. She said, well, she says she. One of her biggest fears is that she's like, I hope my kids have rhythm. <laughs> I hope they can hear rhythm. Wait, can their dad not hear rhythm? Oh, no. Winston's actually a really good dancer, okay. but she just has this thing. She's like, I really hope they can hear rhythm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that's a thing oh in our gosh. family. It's so funny. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If people would like to get in contact with you or if they'd like to see your beautiful photography work, where can they reach you? Yeah. um, So my Instagram is the place where I am. Should I look into the camera? (laughs) 
Um, so my Instagram is the place where I'm really keeping up with updating it pretty much on the daily. My Instagram is Taylor Kinsey Photo. Last name is K-I-N-Z-I-E. Or my website is taylorkinsey.com. And feel free to reach out and say hello. And Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having it's me. It's good to see you. You too. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.